Sorry, we're closed. Well, what are all these people doing here? Drinking and having a good time. Well, that's why we're here. You're too stupid to have a good time. I pity the fool. Living in the 80s. My name's Casey Kasem, and I'm all set to count down the most popular songs in the USA. I want my MTV! Does Theo Huxtable live here? Just say no. Hello, Basic. You're a Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. Woo! It says 100% guaranteed, you moron! Hey, where's the meat? I'm a very lucky woman. So am I. Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember. Oh, that was great. Oh, thank you. Good evening, gentlemen. You know, we got so much positive feedback from last week's episode. I can't believe how well everybody loved that. You know what? The the cool thing is, is we kind of redid the topic. But people just can't get enough. They can't get enough. They can't get enough of living in the 80s. That's why we You know what? I can't say that I blame them. I don't blame them at all. Actually, here's a fun fact. When when people like I work with or something, like word gets out that I have a podcast and that we do the whole thing, they say, you have a podcast? I always say, yeah, but it's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) He said, no, you should Um, never say that. Well, I say men. About uh-huh. 120,000 downloads speak to different. That's yeah. right. That's true. That's right. Come on with it. Yeah, we we are up there. We looked earlier. What was it, Kevin? How many downloads? Was it? 114 or 13? It's 100. I think that was last week, though. So oh, yeah, it's probably 175,000. Yeah. Probably. I think, I think it was 110 last week. Yeah. When we looked, now it's uh, up to 113,000. So we're growing. We're, so look nice. At that. Nice. We are good. Good Actually, stuff. I think it did say 112 earlier, didn't it? Might have. Did it say 112? It does say 113 now. Look at that. <laughs> got, like, it must have been like 112, 998 or yeah. something. <laughs> so anyway. so uh, Not that we're counting. Not, not, not that we're not keeping we're track yeah. or anything. And we look at these analytics almost daily. But <laughs> That's cool. Uh, uh, anywho. <laughs> anywho. But guys, thank you for coming back and yeah. you know, talking to this. and. And, you know, I, we don't really say it nearly enough, but thank you at home and in your cars and wherever else you are around planet Earth listening to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, not that we make any money. We get a very minimal stipend that kind of covers our pizza cost <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that allows us to, to continue doing this. But we really do it for fun. And, you know, if you guys weren't listening, we would probably stopped a long time ago. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So we are going to go through a little part that, that you know we brought back last week, and we're going to do a little 80s Rewind. So this is where we talk about something that happened to us in the last week having to do with the 1980s. And I'm going to start with Kevin, because he, if you're a listener of the show and you've listened any time at all, you're going to be able to relate to Kevin's story here. So I don't want to steal your thunder, but Yeah, away. thank you. Uh, so this is actually didn't happen this last week. It happened in August. My wife got me a birthday gift that was kind of a, a reminder of the late 80s. So when we got together, for whatever reason, I was wearing this sailor hat. I don't know. It, for, probably for a short period of time. I was wearing short a short period, several years. Yes. Which hour, yeah. Think, think. Just Not, a decade. Don't think like a captain's hat. Think more of like a Cracker Jack hat. 
Popeye. Yeah, more Popeye. like more like Gilligan. Gilligan. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no. I more Gilligan, less Skipper. No, it looks more like an actual Navy Popeye. Popeye. Hat. Yeah, it's a it, yeah, it's like Navy. Go, 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 go. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so I had one back in the late eighties. I hit my head when I was wearing it. It was white. I bled all over it. Well, hold on, Kevin. Oh. You're rushing the story. <laughs> okay. So. If, if someone hasn't listened to this podcast before, they may not have a recollection. Those that do will probably want to hear the story again because it was that good. Okay. So I pulled up to um, a, a couple of girls that we went to church with that had a very old-fashioned dad. He was a preacher. and um, Maybe from Kentucky. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. I think so was. went up and we're just, we're just kind of knocking on the door, you know, kind of getting the girl's attention or whatever. There's a few of us there. And um, I went up. It's my turn to go up and knock on the door. And as I walk up, the dad opens up the door with a shotgun in his hand. He was joking. I don't think... I, I hope. I'm pretty I, sure we're going to shoot you. Yeah. But I didn't stick around to find out. So I ran back to my car. Window was rolled down. And I thought, oh, it'll be cool. I'll just jump through the window. Yeah. That's and cool. I cracked my head like, on the top of the door. <laughs> split my head open. I had oh. my sailor hat on. so it's Well, just, thank goodness for that. Yeah, it probably softened the blow. Yeah, they're going to have a concussion. For yeah. Sure. Kevin, you were hat. always super fast. I don't know how come your hat didn't fly off behind that's you. That's true. I should have knocked it off when I was running. Like, make it look like I was really running fast. But, yeah. yeah, so I jumped in with the hat still on and, of course, bled all over it, ruined it. And I wasn't with my wife yet but we it was soon after that and so we were she, hanging out in each other's yeah social yeah we were exactly so she had seen me in the white hat a while she knew it got ruined and then when we got together i can't remember where she bought it i feel like she went to like maybe like the you know like the zoo amusement park or something but she they were selling blue sailor hats there and she bought me a blue sailor hat so that's that's a good woman right there that's a good she's woman she's like you look ridiculous in this thing she didn't say this she probably was thinking it you Did look ridiculous like a... but I'm gonna buy you one anyway well, let me interrupt here for a second so I I just got this this visual in my mind of of Diana going to the gift shop here at the old zoo amusement park and uh and and buying this hat and the the cashier going oh is that for your for your little brother, or for, <laughs> that's for my boyfriend. My boyfriend. <laughs> Do you want to Scott stick, ruined? What's his name? We can stitch it on the label. <laughs> <laughs> I have looked oh, everywhere for that hat, and Brooke swears our daughter swears that she has seen that blue hat. But oh, I cannot boy. find it. I mean, I have looked everywhere. If I ever find it, oh my goodness! You I'm need so to bring excited. it in. I will. You need to bring it to the podcast. So in the meantime, she bought me a new one. So uh, got me a, a new sailor hat. It's a uh, a small, extra small yeah. child, extra small child, yeah. and like on Matt's head, it like can barely fit over. It like, balances. Yeah. Look like a little, look like a little puppy's hat right there. This is a sailor yarmulke. Like, yeah. So yeah, that's my my eighties rewind for this week. So that's a good one. That's great. Snowball, what about you, man? All right, my eighties rewind. We just took a trip to Oak Island, North Carolina. Yay! And just across the Cape Fear River. Ooh. Is this quaint little town called Southport, North Carolina? It sounds like something in a Hallmark movie, doesn't it? It does Southport. sound like yeah. something in a Hallmark movie. It's actually kind of known as the uh, Hollywood of the Mid Atlantic. Oh, get out of here! Yeah, lots of movies are filmed there, TV huh. shows. Um, recently, movies like Safe Haven and A Walk to Remember, some Nicholas Sparks mm-hmm. classics were filmed there. Wasn't Dawson's Creek filmed there? Dawson's Creek was wow. filmed there. What a memory. Guilty Pleasure. Oh, I like that show. Rob, you need to go there. I do. They filmed Matlock there. 
Shut up. up. Yep. He's also, back in the car. He's out here. Uh, <laughs> I know a certain lady that'd be pretty happy yeah. to be visiting that place. A couple other 80s movies. Weekend at Bernie's was filmed there. Parts of the scene were there and up kind of the Cape Fear River, all in that huh. general area. A movie called Firestarter. And another famous one, Crimes of the Heart, starring Sissy Spacek, Diane Keaton, Jessica Lange, and Tess Harper. Wow. So was Cape Fear filmed there? Along, okay. but not necessarily in that town. Actually, one of the most recent Halloween movies was also filmed there. So they're con- unfortunately, right now, they were on strike, so there was nothing being filmed mm. while we were there. But very cool, small coastal town. That's cool. A lot of old homes, you know, that have been well-maintained and just a huh. very cool place to go. Get out of here. Nice little day trip. Nine hours away. But. And by the way, if any of you out there tell anybody that I like Dawson's Creek, I'll deny it. There is. <laughs> yeah. Fair is fair. Fair is fair. Yeah. That's a good story. That's Matt, good. how about you, buddy? Uh, mine's just more uh, two two little situations. You kind of uh, feel like he's making it up right now. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Anyway, <laughs> it's got to do with the space program. It has to do with grace. Well, there's, there is, okay, a little known... Shuttle. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, this this does. It's a great center friend story. Uh, after the football games on Friday nights, if it's a home game, we go back to the house and show we'll have some friends over and we'll like, you know, make a fire, sit on the fire, play some music, make some s'mores, what have you. And s'mores at the moors? S'mores, s'mores, more s'mores. Don't steal that. We used, we've always said our but s'mores I, at the moors, so you've got to be something we, else. We've, no. No, it's, it's s'mores more. at the other moors. It's more s'mores. There you go. Whatever. Take what you so want. more s'mores and s'mores at the moors. There you go. <laughs> I'm so good to punch you right on the neck. Um, so so the, it was just a cool thing because the the kids were sitting by fire. So it was, it was literally like, like say, six or seven freshmen, sophomore, and high school kids sitting on the fire. And I had taken a Bluetooth speaker sitting out there. And normally Grace would connect her phone to it and, and play her music, but I I was out there building a fire earlier and I had my my uh, uh, my phones connected to it and it, I had a little '80s playlist going on there as one should as one should and so so as parents you know a couple of us were sitting over by on the other side of the yard at the table we're just chit chatting hang out over there and the kids were listening to you know my music over there and I thought you know maybe. The, once they realized all oh, this is dad's music, they would turn it off. Dad gone. If they let they let the eighties play for almost like two hours, and they sang. I mean, oh. her Grace is singing all these songs. It's um, good. Her, her neighbor. Right yes, that's what it is. It comes down to parenting. That's where it, it starts and stops. Uh, the girl down the street, Hope. I mean, just I mean, singing like you would and, and drum. I mean, it was just beautiful. Mm. It was a beautiful thing to sit back and watch these now freshmen sophomores just. You know, embracing and singing all these eighty songs. It was just, I mean, it was cool then. It's cool now, right? It is. And and they and just to watch them in that moment was pretty cool. So that's awesome. That's my easy good story. One. Well, my story also revolves around eighties music, but it's not quite as fun. Right. Mm-hmm. So as we've talked about on here pretty often, Kevin and I primarily we will listen to the big eighties countdown on um, on Sirius XM. So every week they, they take a billboard chart from a certain week and they'll do a countdown, kind of Casey Kasem style, but it's the, the old MTV VJs that count them down. Well, this past weekend it was 1986. And not often can I just sit and listen to it 
clear through it one time. I'll listen to, you know, maybe half hour or so of it, back in the car, there's another half hour playing. So I was in the car, in and out of the car, all weekend long. And daggone it, I counted four times that I got on there, and the number two song was Friends and Lovers Mm -hmm. by Carl Anderson and Gloria Lloyd. Yeah. Every time I'm getting in the car, this daggone song was playing. And A, I hate the song. Yeah. And B, I hate the song. So yeah. that, that was that was my 80s flashback. Not a pleasant 80s. Not everything in the 80s was good. Painful. Most things were great. Mm-hmm. This song, not one of them. No. But in yeah. case you're wondering, the number one song that week I do really enjoy. It's Stuck With You by Huey Lewis. And the Bingo. News. Good one. So... Which is a no, is a good part of the flashback memory. This is right about the time I started hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. So this song is like on the radio a lot. So like, well, actually, this is probably about a year into us yeah. being being we friends. Should, yeah. So we, you know, hanging out quite a bit. And I remember the song being played had this tape. So mm-hmm. so Huey Lewis, good. good. Carl Anderson and Gloria Loring, not good. Not, not so good. good. Not so good. <laughs> yeah. so that's my that's '80s so rewind moment. That's good. All right, so we're going to take a brief time out here from our sponsors, and we will be right back talking about our top four action movies of the 80s. Yes. Hang time. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Spotify for Podcasters for providing this platform, as well as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Most of all, we want to thank you for listening. Shall we play a game? Hi, I'm Joel McLaughlin, the most excellent host of Living in the Retro Arcade. If you're into video games from the 70s through current day, this is the show for you. We'll talk about technical aspects of the games as well as memories the best that we can remember them. That's Living in the Retro Arcade, available on all popular podcast platforms. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. We're going to be talking about our favorite action movies. But before we do... I've got a quiz for you. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, We've man. got a quiz. So we're going to go around the, the circle here. And uh, these are multiple choice. Hey, I, I don't you test know, well. we're not We're not keeping track I here. I don't test Oh, yeah, well. we'll keep track. Because well, okay. oh, Kev, Kevin's nervous. very competitive, so he's going to want score. Actually, so is Mike. Oh, so we'll, uh, we'll keep score here. So, Kevin, we'll ask you first. Okay. In Roadhouse, oh, man. what is the name of the bar that Dalton comes in to clean up? Is it A, the candy bar, B... The hard deck, or C, 
Double deuce. Double deuce. Double deuce. It hadn't been multiple choice, I would have not gotten that. So <laughs> multiple choice saved my butt. So uh, the double deuce was actually located in Anaheim, California. The actual name of the bar was the Anaheim Cowboy Bar and later renamed the Bandstand. It was that until it closed several years ago. Funny story, as you're calling the candy bar. Uh-huh. So, several years ago when we first moved to Columbus, my wife was coming to visit me at work and she passed this business of operation called the candy, candy store, store. Mm. Well, she thought it was oh, in georgesville yeah a literal candy store, store. <laughs> i'm gonna give oh. mike a bit of honey <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i think the candy store was on west broad in the toy box maybe yeah. on georgesville yeah. or the other way around tell me she went in yeah. she did not go in she mentioned to me hey on the way home i think i might stop at the candy store i'm like Please don't. <laughs> oh man! Get me, I need a gobstopper. If you could please go to the candy so, store. Mm, that's awesome. that's awesome. So, by the way, the candy bar was a bar in the movie from the Weird Science. Mm. Okay. The Weird Science from Weird Science, and the hard deck was the name of the bar in Top Gun. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Good stuff. What? Don't roll your eyes at me, young lady. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Question number two, we'll go with you, Mike. What was RoboCop's human name? Was it A, Alex, B, William, or C, Stephen? Alex. His name was Alex Murphy. Because I know an Alex who's in the police academy. So there you go. Question three. Matthew. Suck. You You got this, You might do okay. You got this. this. I'm so confident in you. I'm here for you. There are two main characters in in the Lethal Weapon movie. Their names were Riggs and A, Glover, B, Murtaugh, or C, Jackson. I'll go B, Murtaugh. His name was Roger Murtaugh. Nice job. Yeah. 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 You're doing great. And you know what? These don't really get too hard. Okay, good. So okay. you should be okay. I'm rolling here. All right. So, Kevin, in Lethal Weapon 2 in yeah. 1989, Murtaugh's daughter was in a commercial. What was the product she was representing? Was it A, KFC? B, sensual kitten lingerie. Yes. Or C, Ramsey's extra condoms. <laughs> Ooh, I remember that. I don't know. I'm going to go B. Oh, Is it C? Let's see. <laughs> okay. Ramsey's extra condoms. <laughs> and Dad freaks out. What year is Lethal Weapon 2? Uh, Lethal Weapon 2 Eight. was 1989. Okay, so it's still in the 80s. Yeah, 87 was the first one. Okay. Wow, idiot. Can't believe you missed that one. (laughs) (laughs) This should be an easy one for you, Snowball. Okay. In the Rambo series, John Rambo, played by Sylvester Stallone, was a veteran of which war? A, the Korean War, B, the Vietnam War, or C, no specific war was mentioned? Vietnam, but they probably didn't even... Did they mention? He talks... Boy, does he even say the word Vietnam? He does. Does he okay? It is the Vietnam okay. War. Right. I mean, I know he, he, he almost got. I don't. I don't know. I don't one. know if he actually said it, but I think when he's ta- when the the police officers talking to his sergeant, they start ta- talking about Vietnam. So, see the wording of that question could have made him so scared. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I saw him almost pee a little. He almost did. did. This almost is a dribble. <laughs> okay, Matt, how close were you listening to the last podcast? <sighs> Pretty close? Not at all. You may you may you may recall this one. I couldn't give this one to Kevin. I'll give it to you. Alright, let's see what you got. From what year does the Termi- Terminator travel back to in time in the first movie? Is it A twenty twenty? B 
2029 or C 2034. That's B 2029. You are correct. Yes. Right yes. All right. Nice. Yes. All right. Kevin. Yes, sir. I told you these are easy. Yeah, except for the one I missed. Of course. <laughs> in which city did Axel Foley hail from in Beverly Hills Cop? Was it A, Chicago, B, New York, or C, Detroit? Um, Detroit? You're right. Yay! You're right. Yay! There job. is. Yes, there are several references to Detroit throughout all three films, and Axel wore a Detroit Lions jacket in several scenes, including wearing a Detroit Lions jacket on the... Beverly Hills Cop 2 poster. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, all you 80s aficionados wondered that. Probably not, but there it is. Snowball, in the movie Running Scared, starring Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, which is an underrated action movie. Good buddy flick. Which of these songs was featured in the soundtrack? Was it A, Sweet Freedom by Michael McDonald, B, Panama by Van Halen, or C, When the Going Gets Tough, the Tough Get Going by Billy Ocean? C. That would be A, Sweet Freedom by Sweet Michael McDonald. Sweet Freedom, Michael McDonald, man. Yeah. Peaked at number seven in 1986. Okay. I was going to go D, Sweet Call Freedom. Me Randy. Sweet I've Freedom. never watched that movie. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. Matt. What was John McClane's wife's name in, in Die Hard? Was That's it A Penny? Which page? Was it A Penny? Was it B Holly? Or was it C Abby? That's B Holly. Yes. B Holly. And if you listen to last week's podcast, you know that she went by Holly Devereaux, her maiden name, because they were going through a separation, which didn't make John very happy. Mm. Did not. Did not. Kevin, I think you should be able to get this one if you paid any attention to past podcasts at all. Okay. In the movie Jim Cotta. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. Who plays the lead role? Is it A, Jean Claude Van Damme, B, Patrick Swayze, or C, Kurt Thomas? The gymnast Kurt Thomas. Yes. 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 Kurt Thomas died on June 5th, 2020, at the age of 64. He suffered a stroke on May 24th, brought about by a tear of the basilar artery in his brainstem two weeks before his death. Oh. Jim Cotta. <laughs> Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta. There it is. Yeah, the fans have been wanting that. I know. Hey, who don't want some Jim Cotta? Everybody wants some Jim Cotta. Everybody, I know. We still have to have our Jim Cotta we viewing party. Me too. Maybe the new house. Yes. We the new house. Yes. Yes. I, I just, I just bought a new house, guys, and I'm preparing to move in. So we have to have a Jim Cotta night. Jim Cotta. Which means we also have to watch American Anthem. Yes. Starring one Mitch Gaylord. There it is. Another <laughs> Olympic gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're up to you, Snowball. Mm-hmm. True or false, 48 Hours came out after Beverly Hills Cop 2. False. You are correct. 48 Hours was released in 1982, and Beverly Hills Cop was released in 1984. Nice job. Nice job. 50-50 shot. All right, Matt. If you get this one, you are perfect. Yeah, well, I hate to say it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're not keeping track, but I kind of was. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Which game show host made an appearance in the Arnold Schwarzenegger film The Running Man? Was it A, Alex Trebek? Was it B, Wink Martindale? Or was it C, Richard Dawson? It's got to be A, Alex B, C. Trying to help you out, man. 
ABC. ABC. Yes, you're right. It was C. C. Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson for Family Feud. Yes. yes. He was the host of Family Feud from 1976 to 1985. He got his acting chops honed as Corporal Peter Newkirk on Hogan's Heroes from 1965 to 1971. He was the kisser. Yeah, he's a ladies' man. Let me tell you something about Richard Dawson. I met Richard Dawson when I was a little kid. Did he kiss you? Yeah, yeah, right on the lips. He kissed Cynthia on the top of the head. And my mom has a picture of the two of us standing next to him, and he's leaned over and giving Cynthia a kiss on the head. He was at Eastland Mall for some promotion. Yes. And she took us there to see him, and we... Got her picture. I, I need to find that picture. You know, I, I was, need to find that picture. I was at the same mall to see Corbin Burnson. <laughs> oh, right. Wow. After when Major League yeah, came yeah, out? they bring everyone through the mall. Not <laughs> so, anymore. No, not Have you guys seen pictures of Westland Mall lately? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is leveled. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's gone. Sad. Gone. So many memories. Man. So many. That's crazy. Mm. Okay. So I only have 13 questions, so Kevin, you get like an extra. Okay. So, which of these songs appeared in an 80s action movie? Ooh. And if so, which one? Which We need to know the name of the movie. Is it A, You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC, B, Burn in Hell by Twisted Sister, or C, Turn to the Sky by the March Violets? I know Burn in Hell was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It was. It was. Is that an action movie? He was riding a bike. Uh, there's a little action in there. Well, yeah. It does say adventure in the title. Duh. Oh, that's true. It's got to yeah. be an adventure movie. It's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> that's that's got to be action, right? It's an yeah, adventure. It's got to be action. Oh, I got to do more. Is that your answer? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there another one? Because uh, it, it could be. There's a movie called. But I think this might have been from the 90s. There was a movie based on a Stephen King book called. Trucks, where I think they may have played an ACDC song, and that movie was called Maximum Overdrive. What year was that from? 1986. 86. Starring Emilio oh. Estevez. Oh, oh, that's right. He, yeah. Um, or something, a meteor came by or something, and all the trucks kind of came to. Yeah, and what was like the third song? Life or something. Oh, gosh, that, like, Who Made Who was well, one the What one. was the third? Oh, the third one was Turn to the Sky by the March Violets. I don't know who that's... It's from the film Some Kind of Wonderful. I've never heard not an action never seen movie. the movie. <laughs> no, you're not missing anything. Oh, okay. one, so. All right, so, uh, yeah, Maximum Overdrive was the uh, okay. was Emilio Estevez movie. Good movie. Yeah. Or a little campy, but, but good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I remember the part of uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure where they're filming the music video. And Dee Snyder's on the hood of the car. You're going to burn in hell. And then there's Pee-wee coming by on the bike. What is he? He says something to him when he goes by. I can't remember. Yeah, he, he rides by him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so there we go. Those are quiz. So I, I don't think there's a winner. Mm-hmm. Everybody missed one. Everybody's a winner. Everybody's yeah, a winner. Yes. That's great. Yeah, never winner. Trophies All for right. everyone. <laughs> so we are now going to go around the circle. We're each going to do one more movie of our favorite action movies of the '80s. And Matt, we're going to start with you this time. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do that. Um, I selected uh, the movie Aliens. Tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. Uh, Which was the uh, sequel, the the original movie Alien came out in um, 1979. And this was the uh, second in the series. 
It came out in uh, July 18th, 1986. It was written and directed by James Cameron. It was uh, budgeted for $18 million and it ended up making uh, around $150 million. So not a bad, not a bad return yeah. on the investment. Aliens, uh, and honestly, and this is probably my favorite one. And, and when the critics look at the lineage of movies, there, this one kind of stands out as, as a lot of people's favorite. I mean, personally, it was mine. I don't know if you, if you guys have an opinion on that. Have you seen all the Aliens movies? I can honestly say I've not seen. I may have seen hear Aliens. Randy, what? what, Randy? What? I hear you. What, Randy? Really? I'm not reporting on oh, this. <laughs> <laughs> So aliens, I think I may have seen, but I don't remember too much. Yeah. So I did my homework last week. I had never seen aliens. I had seen bits and pieces of it, so I rented it and yeah. watched it last week. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never watched it myself. You've never seen aliens? No, I didn't want to be a Randy, so I said I'm going to watch this movie so I can talk <laughs> intelligently about. Very it. Very good. So, did so you like what it? were your thoughts? I thought. They were trying to build suspense, so there were some slow-moving parts trying to get, you know, it's like, oh, you know there's going to be aliens, you know there's going to be more than right, one, right? right. It's plural. And it's like, let's get to the aliens already. So there's a lot of build-up, but I'll tell you what, to me, the person that stole that movie was Bill Paxton. Okay, that's 100%. Oh, oh, he also did a weird science and twister. He, he but, was... I, the, his whininess... He is. I was yes. like, that's exactly what I'd have been like if I was in that situation. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's like, got the, my favorite line was, <laughs> "That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over." Yeah, that's like one of the best quotes. He was quotes. awesome. Yeah, he was so funny. He's like this tough marine. They come face to face with the aliens, and he just loses it, and he's he a is scared. Coward. Yeah. Oh my gosh! If they don't have the camera on him complaining, you hear him in the background. Come on, man! Oh, game over, man! I mean, that, that's <laughs> really very awesome. good. Yeah. That's one of my favorite favorite quotes actually from there. It was uh, pretty daggone good. Um, yeah, Bill Pax. Well, okay, if we're going to talk about people who stole the show, I, I think he obviously to me was one of my favorites in here, but. Um, uh, Bishop, Lance uh, Henriksen was this actor named Bishop, who at the very end, uh, <laughs> they're fighting this alien, and this alien's tail comes around and whoosh, whoosh, cuts this dude in half. Literally cuts him in half. And you would think, oh, wow, the guy got cut in half. He's dead. He's dead. No, he is not dead. <laughs> half of his body is over there, and there's just goo coming out of it. And then this torso is over here on this side and is goo coming out and he's just talking away and he and they're fighting the alien and and then the ship is is moving they're trying they're trying to throw the alien out of the thing and and he is falling now this half torso is like falling across kind of sliding he, across yeah, the- <laughs> he slides across the floor he locks on and then he grabs an arm and he's saving it's his beautiful. It's thing of beauty. He, he's a robot. I think they call him synthetic yeah, or yeah, something. He's, so he's, he's, oh, so he's not like a person. But, but he looks like it. But you he find looks. out at the beginning, he's a robot because they do this thing where he he's going to do the you know where you spread your fingers and you cut the knife in between it. So they Bill Paxton wants him to do it. So he goes over and puts his hand over top of Bill Paxton's and then starts going really fast and Super. and the whole time Bill Paxton's like. Oh, He's real scared. Oh, it's good. And at some point, you see the guy's got a little bit of white coming out of him. Yeah, it's like, oh, he cut him. And that's yeah. the first time you realize, oh, this is like an uh, like a, a robot or yeah. something, an AI, yeah. So he has a little bit of, uh, but it, just the fact that he lived, 
you know, through that decap, one well, it's not decapitation, through his right to the suffering. Nose. Yeah, it was just right. But the, the, yeah. the goo, it looks that was just great. I yeah, love this scene. yeah. So, so the the lead sto- um, the lead actress in this is Sigourney Weaver, and uh, she is Ellen Ripley. And throughout the whole thing, they 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 made comparisons to her as kind of like there were some like little nicknames they gave her as like. They called her the new the new Rambo, um, uh, the John. They called they compared her to John Rambo. They called her Rambet, uh, Ramboet, Fembo, Rambling, Rambolina, because she she kind of back then it was just all men action stars, and here comes this woman, and she is the sole tough person in this movie. I mean, all the other men, these 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 uh, these Marine dudes come in to fight. She outlasts them all. I mean, they cower like Bill Paxton. They run and get scared, but she stands up and fights this this alien like like nobody's business. Now there went, was one other tough lady in this movie. Oh, there was. Oh yeah, she was awesome. She was great. And cool. she was kind of buff. She was a marine, and Bill Paxton has a great line. I can't remember her name, but he he says to her, he "Goes, have you ever been mistaken for a man?" And she goes, "No, have you?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I oh. love that line. So in the remake, I think Ronda Rousey plays that part, and Steve Buscemi could play Absolutely, absolutely. Remember how he was like such a freak out in Armageddon? Like they yeah, had to tie yeah. him up because he went insane. Oh, so so yeah, so the, in the first movie, um, this alien attacks her spacecraft, and she's the sole survivor. And then she gets into this, they call it a... Uh, a stasis for 57 years after she escaped from like an escape pod and so for 57 years she is just asleep you know whatever and so then she gets uh returned to her uh the her employers and and they she's you know she's telling about her experience and all that kind of stuff and the bad guy in this movie which i just it, it it's weird to watch because i i fell in love with this dude and and, and mad about you mm-hmm. but paul riser is the bad guy He's wow. a terrible, mean, bad guy. He's a punk. You just want to punch him. He's all about the corporate. You know, he's all about, hey, if we, if we sneak this stuff back, yeah. like these alien life forms, we're going to be rich and all this stuff. You know, he's, he's, and yeah. he's taking things, he's making it dangerous for everybody right. because of, he's thinking of profit. The, the whole, the whole thing is, is they're going back to like this moon, this moon gathering where he had put these, a colony of people there and she's like, you can't do that. These aliens, blah, blah, blah. And so they end up, they lose contact, so they send her back uh, with these Marines to kind of find out what's going on. And and there, there's eggs everywhere. And the whole everyone's thing. gone, so everybody's yeah, everyone's dead. dead. You know, they cocoon you, and, and then they they go inside you, and you know the alien you know comes out the chest, kind of a thing. Um, and so, and one of his plans was to allow one of those eggs aliens to get into somebody, and then. He was going to put Sneak them asleep. In yeah. Let them be in the person, then put them in, in their little escape shuttle, and they'd fall asleep. And then they'd take them back to, you know, home spot where they could figure out some, you know, weaponry, make some weaponry out of them or something. So, but yeah, so he was a bad guy. He was a punk. And yeah. I, I don't like him being the bad guy. Yeah. So, you, up to that point, you always rooted for this guy, right? So right. Now it's Paul like, Reiser. It's Paul freaking Reiser. Yeah. I love Paul Reiser. I liked him in Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. So so that was kind of, but yeah, but it was it was a neat neat uh, neat movie. Um, I, I loved I loved the how tough she was. They, they had a lot of tie-ins to like you know kind of like you know feminism because 
again, she was the tough one, and, and everyone else is kind of, uh, uh, you know, folding, and they have a, a, a motherhood theme in it, because hmm. even when uh, they, they, at the very end, it was like her versus this queen, this queen alien, and all these little eggs and pods, and she's got the flamethrower out there, and, and like, he's getting ready to kill her, but then she, like, holds a flamethrower with the eggs, and she kind of stops, like, you know, don't mess with my kids. But then she torches the kids. And then, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But there, oh, well. there's the scene in Aliens is when, like, she's got, like, this big robotic kind of a thing. You know, you've probably seen the clips of that where she's in this big stand-up walking, that thing there. And that was that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I would say pretty groundbreaking, too, because you've got a female lead character in an action sci-fi adventure movie. Yeah. Like, it's unusual. Yeah. I don't recall many times that happening. Right. Which, I mean, she was, you know, and stuff before that, but I think this really catapulted oh. her into bigger starring roles. I think yeah. this movie really did a lot for her. Yeah, and, and, and there's also a, a little girl that was a survivor of the first one. She kind of hid and survived, and it was kind of the motherhood. Thing. Yeah, she was mothering little her. Newt, I think was her Newt, name yeah, was. Yeah, nice memory, yeah. Wow. But uh, it was good stuff. So it, it did win two Academy Awards. Uh, it was nominated for six, and that was another thing, too, is like, these style of movies weren't didn't it didn't get any respect in the academy. So for the fact that it got nominated for six was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so good stuff there. Um, when Die Hard came out, whenever they started making movies after that, they're like Die Hard on a bus. Die, you know, it, this I think was when it, their premise was Die Hard in space. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, right. yeah. and that's kind of what this was to an extent, right? Like, yeah. So it, it had started obviously Alien, and then it was Aliens, and then Alien Three came out in 1992, and uh, Cam, uh, Cameron didn't return, hmm. and that's when things kind of changed. Like they they wrote off some of the key characters, and he was like, you know, why would you get rid of you know all? The, so it was just. Like they got rid of new, they got rid of the the half dude. So they it just changed, and um, and then they got a, 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 a they did Alien Resurrection, which came out in ninety seven. Then they got into this kind of a predator thing, and Aliens versus Predator in two thousand seven, and it just it just got weird. You know, and things just kind of got wonky. A lot of them don't even kind of claim those last two, um, but it's part of their their you know franchise, but. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, aliens, there's there's a it's called Alien Awakening or something is mm-hmm. coming. Uh, Disney's making it you know, in 2024. Look at that. The more you know. The more you know. All right. Good job, man. Nice job. Don't get you no. prepared. Uh, hey, don't get, don't like, get used to. Who? Where's Matt? Two weeks in a row. <laughs> I tell you what, it's slow at work. I ain't gonna lie. It's real slow. <laughs> it is real slow at work. Okay. I ain't gonna lie. Okay. All right, Mike. Well, Snowball. My movie was not nominated for anything. It barely made any money. The Running Man. In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice: hard time or prime time. Sensational, perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play the running man. On your mark. I'll be back. Go! The highest rated TV show in history. 
they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Give you a lift. Schwarzenegger is the running man. He's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The running man. A lot of people probably listening to this probably never watched it. I did. Let's take a quick poll here at the table. Oh. Ever, anybody not watch it? Never seen it. I've seen it. We've all we're, seen we're it. We're all dudes, man. We right. like action movies. Okay. We watched it. Okay. So, The Running Man was released in 1987. It made a whopping $38 million on a $27 million budget. So, wow. <laughs> a little more than break even. Yeah. Not exactly the strongest. Um, it was based on the 1982 book by Stephen King, The Running Man. It's starred, this is a star-studded cast. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger as Captain Benjamin Richards, who's basically a military pilot. Richard Dawson from Hogan's Heroes and Family Feud fame plays Damon Killian. And then you have the governor and former pro wrestler Jesse the Body Ventura. I forgot he was in that. As Captain Freedom. And then you've got Brown's great... (laughs) Jim Brown That's has right. Fireball. But I guarantee you, neither one of you noticed these two characters, Mick Fleetwood and Dweezil Zappa. I do remember Mick Fleetwood in it, and okay. I don't remember Dweezil Zappa. Yes, so they're both in it. And it also starred Maria Conchita Alonso. <laughs> Very pretty. Very pretty, playing the role of Amber Mendez. So... Um, the movie was directed by Paul Michael Glazer of Starsky and Hutch fame. Mm. <laughs> um, years later, they interviewed Schwarzenegger, and Schwarzenegger said hiring uh, Paul Michael Glazer was a huge mistake. What the heck? Because he shot it more as a game show instead of really digging into kind of the more of the political undertones that they could have. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger knows so much about fine filmmaking. <laughs> right. Well, he does know politics. The does governor. he? Does he? Does <laughs> he? You know, but when you listen to him describe it, uh-huh. he wanted it to be... He doesn't say it. The Hunger Games. Very similar type of oh, movie when you think about it. It is, yeah. Yeah. So The Running Man, what it is, is it takes place in the year 2017, way off into the future. And basically, the American government is corrupt, the economy is busted, and, well, one of the things they're doing is the government controls all media. So... Mm, kind of feels like that now. Sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the things they've done is the government runs all the TV stations, all the shows, is they've got a variety of games. So, they have the game called The Running Man, and the host is Richard Dawson's character, Damon Killian. It's kind of an interactive game. you got the crowd, and the crowd gets to select the stalker. The stalker are these killers, basically, who... Let me back up a little bit. The contestants are prisoners in jail, for the most part. So what they do is they bring in these horrible people who've committed 
you know, murders and such. And the crowd gets to select the stalker who gets the opportunity at each stage to kill them. Now, if the contestant is able to complete every stage, they win basically freedom for the rest of their life, so they're told, mm. in a tropical paradise. Mm. Hawaii, I think, right? I don't think it... Maybe, don't, maybe they don't say it. I don't know if they say Hawaii, but it was like a tropical paradise yeah. they show them there. So so what ends up happening in the movie is uh, Ben Richards, uh, Schwarzenegger's character, was a helicopter pilot, and he was ordered to shoot all these civilians who were basically demonstrating against the government. He refuses to do that, so he's arrested, put in prison, and, you know, Richard Dawson wants him on the game show. So they tell him, if you appear on the show, if you don't appear on the show, we're going to put your friends on the show, and they'll most likely be killed. So he volunteers to go on the show to save his friend's life, friends' lives. And but they double cross him when he gets on the show. Both of his friends are also runners, so basically they go through you know all these different stages and you know Schwarzenegger being Schwarzenegger, he wins every stage. You know he's got a lot of cheesy lines, um, including "I'll be back." I'll be back. Um, there's like a one of the cheesy ones where. Uh, Oh, what's the character's name? It's like Chainsaw Charlie or something like that. And uh, Schwarzenegger gets his chainsaw from him and basically cuts him up through the groin and says, well, people are like, what happened to Chainsaw? Oh, he had to split. (laughs) 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 So a lot of really lame Schwarzenegger lines. Um, But basically the movie kind of ends where he's killing off all the stalkers and... Well, you can't have the stalker win and actually, I mean, the uh, contestant actually win. So they use a little artificial intelligence, recreate a scene where Schwarzenegger gets killed. But the reality is Schwarzenegger and the other runners are working with this resistance group to basically try to gain control of the satellite feeds that are controlled by the government. So in the end, basically, they show what really happened when uh, Schwarzenegger was in the helicopter and he refused to kill the people and the crowd starts rioting and you know he returns and basically kills Richard Dawson and so you know it, it wasn't the deepest movie it could have been a little more I, I do agree with him it could have been a better movie but it, it's entertaining if you haven't seen it I'd give it it's a fun. view and a lot of cheap one-liners you know some good fighting scenes with Jim Brown and not not a predictable ending <laughs> no, not at all. Nope. Nope, not I at all. I didn't think Arnold would make it. <laughs> yeah, when he says, I'll be back, he's getting strapped in a chair. He gets sent into the game, and he looks up at Richard Dawson. He goes, I'll be back. And Richard Dawson goes, only in reruns. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <I'll say> that. <laughs> and he sends him off into the game. So One of my favorite parts is when they bring in each contestant. They'll review what crime did they commit. Well, when they bring in um, Amber Mendez, her crimes were... She cheated on college exams. <laughs> she had more than two to three partners in any one year. <laughs> those were her crimes. She just go, oh well, <laughs> you know. So she's telling those are lies. That's great. Yeah, essentially, American Gladiators came out of this show, out of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. do a show on TV like this, yeah. where because in this movie, like. Everyone's rooting for these gladiators to kill these prisoners. Yeah. But then, at some point, they start rooting for 
from like Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a gladiator. Yeah. yeah. And so they said, hey, let's let's do, let's do make American gladiators except without the killing. You know, so they had these like bigger than life characters with crazy names, sort of like in Hunger Games, or like in Hunger Games, listen to me, like in uh, Running Man. So, yeah. I agree. It's a it's an okay movie. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's fun. You know, it's fun. I, I don't think I've seen it since back in those days, but a lot of it kind of I do have a good recall on it. I watched it last week. Did you look at homework, you? Homework. Look I hadn't seen it since 1987. Yeah, in the movie. So right. I was like, yeah, it's been a while. Wow. Good stuff. So, yeah, Kevin, what you got? I was torn between two, and I thought if I do the one, no one's really going to know anything about this movie. So I went with a more well-known movie. I went with. Robocop. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer assisted memory and a lifetime of on the street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you Robocop, the future of law enforcement. There you go. Now, I knew going into it, Robocop was going to be bloody. I don't like bloody movies. Um, so bloody that it initially got an X rating. Are you oh, kidding me? Seriously? And so they had to shorten oh some of the scenes, they had to take some of them out to get to an R rating. Um, seriously? So I was like, oh, this is going to be... An I've X- never heard of an X rating because of violence, yeah. or because of sex. Yeah, so they had to drop it. They, they had to drop some of the violence. Now they could probably get away with it, but yeah. um, it was directed by wow. Paul Verhoeven. Really no big stars in this. I'll, I'll tell you the main people. Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Cricket's <laughs> Daniel O'Hurley. They made her have a shorter haircut so she would look tougher, not less feminine, you know, because she's there supposed to be like a, a tough cop. Sure. Uh, Daniel O'Hurley, he was in it. Ronnie Cox, Kurtwood Smith, which I believe is uh, Red from yeah, seventy yeah. show. Uh-huh. Oh wow! Yeah, and he Miguel always Ferrer. played a lot of cheesy bad guys in movies. And he was a really, really bad guy in this one. He's like a really bad person in this one. This is supposed to be Detroit in the near future, kind of like uh, crimes rampant. And this corporation's kind of taken over the police department. And cop goes into this the situation. He gets killed. I mean, gets pretty much blown apart. They shoot off his arms. They it, Kurtwood Smith walks right up, shoots him in the head. He dies. The next thing you see, he comes back to life, and he's built kind of robotically and um, doesn't really have any memory of his past. He's all about upholding the law, and he looks at everything as either right or wrong. You know, it's like there's no, there's really no gray areas. And he's given three prime directives. Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, and uphold the law. That's what he is supposed to do. Then there's a fourth directive he's given, which is classified, and you don't know what it is. It just, uh, it just it kind of shows on the screen, just classified, and you don't know what it is. So, uh... The, the bloodiness and the, the, the shooting was, like, so over the top. It was almost comical, right? It's, 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 it was they, comical. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of lines, and uh, there was this... It was kind of like the news would, like, report on him, and it was just like these... They'd have these commercials before the news or whatever, and just a lot of goofy things like this. This guy keeps showing up, and he just keeps saying, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Do you remember that line? I'd yes. buy that for a dollar. Yes. And this person getting arrested says, I'm what you call a repeat offender. I repeat, I will offend again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Robocop's line, which is, come quietly or there will be trouble. He trouble. pauses and then says, trouble. Box office, it made $53 million. Stayed at number one at the box office for two weeks. I'm not sure how much it cost to make it. $13.7 million. Okay. So it did not great. Um 
But, yeah, you find out at the end, the fourth directive is when he goes in to get the, the boss of this corporation, or, or one of the main guys in the corporation, that the fourth directive is he can't harm anyone that's part of that company. And the top boss then fires that guy, and then he's therefore allowed to shoot him. So that was kind of like the big twist at the end. Um, they've made children's animated series from this, a live-action TV show, video games, comic books, toys, and clothing. So... Uh, there was what a else did he show on? What, what uh, athletic? Well, in RoboCop 2, as they were promoting the movie, RoboCop comes down to a WCW pay-per-view. And I don't, I can't remember how they tied it in, but Sting was involved somehow. Now the, wait a minute, the horsemen are already yeah. up. They just threw Sting in the cage. They just threw Sting in the cage that Cornette was in. Sting has been caged by the horseman, but here comes RoboCop, Bob. Oh, gosh almighty. He's pulling that door right off the hinges. Woohoo! What strength by RoboCop! <laughs> RoboCop 2. There were a couple of sequels. RoboCop 2 came out in 1990. RoboCop 3 came out in 93. There was a remake of RoboCop in 2014. And RoboCop Returns is currently in the making and will be a sequel of, to the first movie, so... Wow. Oh. So obviously it's going to have to be all recast because it's going to be aged a little bit since yeah, then. Yeah, Peter so. Weller looks pretty good. So did you look up Nancy Allen? What else was she in? When you when you see her, you'll be like, yeah, she looks familiar. Yeah, I, I, I looked this up today, and I, I did see her picture. Like, oh, I remembered her. So she has been in RoboCop, RoboCop 3, Dressed to Kill. Cheery. I think I may have known her from Dressed um, to Kill. Is that Law and movie? Order Special Victims Unit, the Out of Sight, Against the Law, The Commish. Not a lot of big things. Uh, no. You've seen her. Poltergeist 3. So, yeah, there's... I mean, she's been in a ton of stuff, but nothing nothing really good. Or big, yeah. Oh, yeah. she was in Carrie. Yeah, the original. Oh, yeah. She, didn't she play one of the mean girls? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah. Oh, that was a good movie. I, I can picture her with there with Travolta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, so thank you. Good yeah. job. My film, my last film here, is Roadhouse. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is... Dalton. I thought you'd be... bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't, don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? The worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> but there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. Aren't you guys tired? I'll go get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. This is my time. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> you got your hands full, kid. 
I just think I'm looking at a dead man. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. Great movie. Good movie. Awesome movie. Uh, Patrick Swayze plays James Dalton, who is a professional cooler. If you don't know what a cooler is, a cooler is somebody that's brought in by a bar or nightclub owner to keep order, to you know, act as like maybe the the head of the bouncers. And so in this movie, uh, Frank Tillman owns a bar in Jasper, Missouri. He goes all the way to New York to talk to Dalton about coming to Jasper to be a cooler in his club. It was once a nice club. It's being overrun by riffraff. There's a town boss that's kind of trying to take over and extortion and everything. So he get he agrees to do it and he goes there and there is a local business owner which we mentioned called named Brad Wesley. It's just a short fella, just not a lot of testosterone going on there. <laughs> and and he's just he's really uh, does everything he can to like he's trying to run people out of business so he, he like he his him and his goons will like catch houses on fire run over people's cars with monster trucks just about anything and everything they that he can do and then he comes after Dalton's uncle which he now takes personally so the action in this film is awesome the fighting scenes are great there's one scene where dalton rips a dude's throat out which is very very cool and drags him into the into the lake and he's wesley floats his goon across the across the pond there um it was uh, it did 61.6 million dollars on a budget of 15 million dollars so patrick swayze plays the main character uh, Kelly Lynch plays a love interest, and uh, Sam Elliott plays his buddy who comes and tries to help him clean up this bar. So, like I said, great movie. Very, uh, it, it's like in the Man Hall of Fame, like Man Movie Hall of Fame. It's up there with Die Hard and uh, some of those kind of movies. I was going to pick Lethal Weapon, but I couldn't pick it over Roadhouse. But uh, yeah, Roadhouse is is, is my pick, and it's um, a good pick, good movie. That's my movie, man. So what was the movie you was gonna pick, but you went with RoboCop? Uh, a movie you've never heard of. It's called Midnight Run. Oh, yep. I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it though. It's such a good movie, but that's I didn't pick it because it's it's um, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, and essentially. Robert De Niro is a bounty hunter. He goes and gets Charles Grodin because he was an accountant and he's embezzled this money. And and the guy that had the money embezzled from wants him brought back so he can you know probably kill him. And it's kind of like a planes, trains, and automobile situation. They try to get him on a plane. He, he, he fakes having a, a nervous breakdown. So he, then he has to get a car. End up hopping on a train at some point. He's trying all this stuff. Robert De Niro's trying to get him back across the country. Very good, a lot of action in it, um, but it's, there's also some pretty funny parts in it. So, uh, but again, I it when I when you think of action movie, most people are going to say Midnight Run. So that's why I went with, with RoboCop instead. Oh, so very good, very good. What are some 
we didn't scratch the surface. We could probably do more podcasts on this, but um, what are some other ones that weren't mentioned? Like we talked about Lethal Weapon a little bit. Uh, great buddy movie is probably uh, one of the first you know buddy type films like that. Um, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. I like the movie. Had like three sequels and maybe another one coming. I'm not sure. Well, one of the cat, I guess, it's kind of its own category within the action movies. Are those I would consider in the car chase category, like mm. Smoking the Bandit, Smoking oh, the yeah. Bandit Two, a lot of redneckery. Yeah, Cannonball Run, Red Cannonball Neckery. Run Two, yeah. The Blues Brothers. Blue you know Blues those two. all. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they they all fall into that classic car chase kind of movie. Yeah, Just a lot of hillbilly undertones, but. Yeah, good movies. A lot of Appalachian <laughs> uh, entertainment. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Which I absolutely yeah. loved at the time. Uh, I watched the first two here within the last year or so. And they've held up pretty well. They're funny. Um, you know, had to make the cut somewhere. They got cut out. The one I thought about was... was Either Raiders of the Lost Ark or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they're both awesome action movies. Yeah, but, right. but when we can only pick two, I had to pick. Yeah. Uh, Batman, Michael Keaton. Yeah. That's yes. a great action adventure. I, it, for some reason in my mind, kind of like the car chase, I picture that like in a superhero category. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's a very good one. But if I had to pick one from the 80s, I would probably pick Die Hard. I mean, that's just. I, I would too. Yeah. That one's just. I remember going to the movie. I, I've said this before. We got there. I don't remember what time the, the movie started, but I had to get Diana home by a certain time, and I didn't realize how long that movie was. It seemed like it flew by, mm-hmm. yeah. and we got to the car. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's it's kind of late. It was like kind of a long movie, but it was there was so much action. Mm-hmm. Just one scene after the other. It, was, it just time flew by. So. Oh yeah, great stuff. I I could watch that thing over and over, and I have. <laughs> yeah, every Christmas. Yeah. Escape from New York is another one that's very good. I watched that again not too long ago. Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> it's pretty cheesy, but it's still it was a good movie. Oh um, yeah. S- since you brought up Escape from New York, okay. that's Kurt Russell, right? Yes. Yes. I have to say something that I did maybe a month or so ago. Brooke was home for the summer, and I saw Big Trouble in Little Ch- Little China was one mm-hmm. to be, and I'm like, ah, oh, I said I've always heard about this. It's supposed to be a cult classic. I watched it, and I'm going to have to say that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I haven't watched it. Jason Collins thinks that's a great movie. Yeah, well, well there you go. <laughs> I, <laughs> Jason, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. Jason, you're one of our favorites, man. Yeah, he's freaking hilarious. Um, but, but I... That's I, and, two and Jason is, references in back-to-back weeks. I yeah. Think. I ask a friend, said, who likes this movie? And he kind of raised his hand like, I do. I'm thinking, yeah, I did not like it. Hmm. It was so bad that the next night when we're going to watch a movie, Brooke, my daughter, said, Dad, you don't get to pick. <laughs> He's like, oh, wow. I wasted two hours of my life last night watching. I mean, it was so I have never bad. seen oh. it, and I have no desire. No, I, I really thought, to. oh, this is going to be good. He's in, you know, it's, it's Kurt Russell. He's in Chinatown. It was bad. It was bad. So that was my little. No, and, and I know we've talked about this movie before, but, I mean, you know, in action movies, it's a different kind of, not car chases, but like Top Gun. Oh, Top, Top Gun, Gun is definitely a, a, lots of action. Oh, yeah. It's not like the Aviator fist, action, fist right. combat, but yeah, there's, I mean, definitely action for sure. Commando. Yeah. Commando. Yeah. When we think of 80s action movies, there's a couple of stars or several stars we haven't even mentioned at all. Chuck Norris. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast on action stars. That wouldn't be yeah. a bad. That could be good. We talk about their works. Yeah. Has anybody seen Lone Wolf McQuaid? That was a Chuck yes. Norris movie, and I mm-hmm. saw that in the theater. And uh, yeah, I don't think it was rated real high, but yeah, it was, that was him. Delta doing Force thing. was really good. Oh yeah, that would that be was yeah. Great. Uh, Cobra, Sylvester Stallone. That was a good one. Was it good? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember much about it. They live with Roddy Piper. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Kind uh, of some of the, the fighting or MMA action movies. Bloodsport. Yeah. Looking right mm-hmm. at it. Of course, the Rocky series, 2, 3, and 4 were in the 80s. Predator, which is not what you think it's about. <laughs> <laughs> well, action comedies. Spies Like Us, Ghostbusters. Running Scared. Crocodile Dundee. Here's an underrated one I don't really hear talked about much. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. I don't know that one. Great movie. I think it's the only one they made. Adventure ended there, too, apparently. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> never heard uh, that. It is a very good movie. If you get a chance, like lots of adventure and action. I've never so, heard of it. Yeah. If you get a chance, check out Remo Williams. Very underrated. Better than Big Trouble in Little China, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, The bar's been set low. You can't get more adventurous than Adventures in Babysitting. I mean, you mm-hmm. <laughs> It's got a little bit of shoe in it. I mean, you know it's, it's good. It's worth right? watching. There it is. Uh, Above the Law, Steven Seagal. That's somebody else we didn't talk about. Oh, yep, Steven that is Seagal. another one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not the biggest Steven Seagal no. fan either. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme I could tolerate a little bit more. Yeah, we didn't mention any of the uh, Bond movies. That's true. I don't know if I've ever watched a Bond movie in my entire life. Wow. I've watched maybe a couple. Like, just never. Wow. Moonraker. You know, it's funny. Which it, it's it's kind of like SNL with the cast. Whichever cast you grew up with is the one that's the good one. Right. Like to me, it was like it's like Roger Moore, or it was um, Sean Connery. Sean right. Connery. Or, yeah. Man. It's like those are those are like the Bonds. Brooke all those like no, it's it should be Daniel Craig. Like, right. In her mind, that's what Bond that's should be. Bond. So right, it's yeah. kind of interesting. I yeah. heard that Idris Elba was in line to play. Yeah, Bond, yeah, which I think would be a good pick. I like him. I don't know. He's just one of my favorite modern actors. Yeah. He's, just, he's good in everything. you got to have that sophistication. Yeah. Um, he would have it. Action Jackson. Remember that one? Yes. I actually thought about putting that one down. And I thought, eh, no one's probably seen it. But I was at work, and I won two tickets from WNCI. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to take somebody. I didn't have a girlfriend. Did Mark Dancer give you the He might have. The tickets? He, he may have. have. Um, Somebody. And there's this lady I worked with. And she wanted me to take her so bad, and she was like, yeah. I, I was like, there, there's someone else I was oh, kind of more... Play has got to play. There's another girl I was kind of more interested in, in, in asking. I mean, neither one of them I wasn't going to like be dating or whatever, but but I was like, if I was going to sit next to someone, I'd rather be with, sitting next to this girl over here. So so I asked her, and, and she went with me. So we went and watched Action Jackson. And Sharon Stone was in that, and... Um, was it Apollonia in it? Carl Weathers. Carl yeah, Weathers, yeah. Or was it Apollonia? James, it was it was Vanity. James uh one and the same. Yes, interchangeable. Uh, Craig T. Nelson was in it. Wow. So yeah, that was that was I actually thought about it, but I was like, eh, I don't think that's well known enough. So the, one of the most violent movies ever is Scarface. We mm-hmm. didn't even talk about that one. Yeah. That yeah. I mean that I mean if I like yeah. I haven't watched that in a few years, but I, I always re- I've watched it a few times. I, I like it a lot. If I rewatch that now, it might it might take over like Red Dawn. I don't know, hmm. but it's it's a great movie. It's good. But there's so many different genres. I mean, you've got 
you know, action where you're thinking car chases, you got action where you're thinking cops, you got action where you're thinking, you know, violence Like and action games. thriller kind of things, right. I mean, yeah. There's karate, I mean, there's this whole... You know, the whole buddy movie, like Tango and Cash. Yeah. That's a, that's a popular action movie. Yeah, there's, there's so many different Rolling ways you can go stone. with it. Like, we could probably do podcasts if we were like a movie-centric podcast. Yeah. We could probably do full podcasts on different genres. Yeah. yeah. Just saying action movies of the 80s, that's a pretty vague... Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're trying to narrow it down to eight. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's tough. Very tough. All right. Well, guys, I, th- I think that covers it it's for this week. Fun. That was a good eight. Very good eight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not a not a dud in the whole batch. Not a, not a bad Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Speaking of not a dud... This song does not qualify for that one. So um, our closing song to end up the podcast today from the movie Roadhouse. Here's Patrick Swayze with Cliff's Edge. So guys, thanks. Take care. God bless. We'll see you soon. Buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs>